Today on the Inside Scoop, a major development with Colin Simmons and LSU. I got to follow up on the Dylan Rayola rumors we talked about last week. But first, it was not the weekend that we all expected in Boulder for the Colorado spring game. Let's start there. Now, there was some positives. Colorado did have one of the few sold-out spring games in the country, and I have a feeling that this won't be the last time Folsom Field is sold out under Deion Sanders. And fans weren't the only ones to pack the stadium. There's also a lot of elite recruits in attendance as well. But the Colorado spring game didn't go the way that Buffalo fans were expecting. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But despite some of the disappointment, there was a lot to be excited about as well. Some of the recruits in attendance are the most sought after in America. Let's bring on national recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman to talk about who was on campus. There was some SEC caliber recruits on campus, including number one defensive lineman Williams Winnery, four-star linebacker Xavier Atkins, who's been committed to LSU for some time, four-star linebacker Sterling Dixon, Alabama commit, and four-star safety Jordan Johnson-Rubel. Sam, SEC-bound Oklahoma is the leader for the number one defensive lineman in America, five-star Williams Winnery. Now, last year, it was Cormani McLean who Dion shocked the world with. He was the number one player at their position, at the cornerback position, who Dion flipped from Miami. So I got a question for you. Is Williams Winnery, who's the number one player at his position, this year's Cormani McLean for Dion Sanders? I think this visit was was a really good sign for the Colorado football program and what, you know, Dion Sanders is trying to in, in put as a blueprint there, but I still feel like Oklahoma, Tennessee, Ohio State, Alabama, those are the teams that you need to keep an eye on when it comes to Williams Nowhere. Like we said, he's a five-star defensive lineman from Missouri, and he has been to Oklahoma almost a dozen times in the past couple of months. So visiting Colorado, it was definitely an iffy situation whether Nowhere would actually show up in Boulder for this big-time event. He was there. He got all the, all the face time with, with Coach Prime and the staff. I think that they're going to be in the mix, but I think they still have uh, some work to do with the number one defensive lineman in the country. Yeah, and I think, you know, this year, the number one corner is already committed to Georgia and Ellis Robinson. Number one running back, probably not going to look at Colorado. Number one QB, Dylan Rayle. And uh, now Brandon Baker out of California is the number one offensive tackle. They, I think that they do have a shot at him. But I think Williams Winnery, if they are going to land that Cormani McLean this year, he might be their best shot. All right, now four-star linebacker Xavier Atkins, he's an LSU commit. He was on campus but had this to say, Colorado for sure is in the race now. I'm going for the development and the relationships and not the logo. So who needs to be more cautious after this weekend, LSU or Alabama with Sterling Dixon, who was also on campus in Boulder over the weekend? Can Colorado flip one or both of these SEC linebacker commitments? Yeah, I mean, listen, they were both in town for the big spring game. And I think, you know, after speaking with Xavier Atkins, you saw the comments. Um, he's trying to take, you know, the, the Colorado history out of the equation and just build a relationship with the coaches. I just legitimately asked him whether Colorado could recruit with these big name SEC schools like Jimbo Fisher and Sam Pittman and Brian Kelly. And he for sure said that Colorado will get an official visit. So I think, listen, I'm not putting him on flip watch just yet, but I think Colorado is going to be a player with Xavier Atkins moving forward. 
All right. We'll see also with Sterling Dixon. I don't think he's done any interviews yet, but I'd love to hear what he has to say about his time in Boulder over the weekend. Let's move on to four-star safety, Jordan Johnson Rubel. He's at IMG Academy, but he's really from Fort Worth, the Dallas, Texas area. Uh, this is supposed to go Texas's way. He's a top 20 safety in the country. He's out of the Dallas area. But is this one that Dion can pull from the Lone Star State? I think this is another name that you need to keep an eye on. Obviously, Jordan Johnson Rebel, like you said, he's from Texas. He plays at IMG. And with that, he's had the opportunity to have a national recruitment. He's been to the Texas-based schools a lot. He's from Fort Worth. So TCU is always going to be in the mix with Johnson Rebel. He just took a whole Big Ten swing. He's been to a bunch of Pac-12 schools lately, and he included Colorado in that mix to make sure that he got a chance to sit down with Coach Prime. Again, we don't know how much of a move this is going to ultimately play, but I think they are a team that you need to keep an eye on. Yeah, and Colorado also playing disruptor with four-star athlete Aaron Butler. He's been trending heavily to Oregon, but the Calabasas four-star was on campus in Colorado this weekend. He was the only official visitor that Colorado hosted, so they rolled out the red carpet for him. All signs point to the Buffs being a major player. RPM still trending heavily toward Oregon, and Georgia is also making some headway there. But I think we could start seeing Colorado get some of this percentage back. All right, so all the names we mentioned showed why Deion Sanders is a threat to top-tier SEC teams. But, Sam, when you compete for recruits at that level, you got to keep your head on a swivel. And SEC programs are coming after Dion's commitments as well. Let's talk about Juwan Johnson, who comes from Louisiana. That's where you live. You're very familiar with the four-star athlete. He committed to Colorado a couple months ago over UF and LSU. He visited Colorado over the weekend. And usually, what, what do I always say? Follow the visits, right? If you follow the visits, they usually lead you to the commitment. In this case, this is crazy. But Juwan Johnson visited Colorado and then decommitted on Sunday afternoon, a very rare move. And what made it even stranger was the timing of it all. Sam, on April 22nd, we talked about this off the air before the show. Uh, April 22nd at 9:25, he had a he posted a photo. It was him overlooking the mountains, uh, very pristine, clear day, beautiful, just beautiful landscape. And he and he quoted it saying, God, thank you for confirming your plan and purpose for me. Now, if I'm reading that when Juwan Johnson is on his visit to Colorado, to me, it makes it seem like that's confirming his decision to commit to the Buffaloes. So then April 23rd, yesterday on Sunday, 8.30 p.m., so 23 hours later, not even a full day later, Juwan Johnson posts a note saying he is decommitting from Colorado. So, Sam, you're the insider here. Make this make sense for me tell you this that Juwan Johnson really I think he really did enjoy his visit which makes this even more perplexing um, breaking it down but what I can say was that on Sunday him him and the close members of his family traveling back home to Lafayette Louisiana from Boulder you know it's not a, it's not an easy trek to get from those two cities of course but at the end of the day soon after they touched down on the ground they, they said that they there was a lot of self-reflection so perhaps just a, a long journey and a lot of time to self-reflect and Juwan Johnson wants another chance to go through this process and maybe have more time to think about his options before finalizing his plans. Whew. Well, I got to ask you, who's the early favorite, in your opinion, to land Johnson the second time around? I don't know if there's an early favorite just yet, but I can tell you this. Um, you know, his teammates have been, he has a lot of, you know, 
D1 teammates, and they've been making the rounds of, of college visits all over the place from Texas to Florida State to LSU. Um, I think LSU has always been intent to recruit the home state athlete, um, and they have not stopped recruiting him. I can tell you that for sure. I can tell you that he's also been in touch with the Texas staff and has been considering taking an official visit to Florida. I believe that Florida State and Texas A&M could be two other teams to watch, but at this point, it, it's it's pressing the reset button for Juwan Johnson, and uh, what an interesting recruitment it's already been. Yeah, and this is a disappointment. This is a disappointing development for Colorado because they didn't land any commitments at the spring game, which I, I that isn't a concern for myself. I know if you're recruiting at the highest level, like Colorado's trying to, you don't dictate when elite recruits make their commitments. They have commitment dates set, and they're not going to veer from those. So I'm not concerned that they didn't land any commitments, but what I am concerned about is what Juwan Johnson meant to Colorado's commit list. We talked about it when he committed, Sam. You kind of alluded to the fact that Johnson making an early decision like he did showed that Colorado is a place where guys in the South or or four-star, five-star recruits can go and start building this class, and Johnson was just the first piece. Do you think that Colorado can recover from this? You know, in, in Johnson's particular case, I'm not sure if Colorado will remain in the mix, but I do think that for the same reasons that Johnson committed, the coaching staff that Dion assembled, Coach Prime himself, and the and the atmosphere that and the energy that that, that they saw in the spring game, like you said, there might not have been a lot of commitments, but that can be that can change by next year. Um, that's not a that, that that doesn't dictate much, but I think that there's a sense that a lot of kids in the South believe that they can go somewhere and play early, or they want to go and play for someone like Dion, who has a ton of NFL connections and has done it himself. Some kids just connect better in that fashion. Um, so I think J- Johnson might be the rare case where that might not work out, but he did believe it first. And I think other SEC caliber kids from the Southeast will eventually follow suit to Colorado. All right. Well, there was a lot of good that came with the Colorado spring game and surprisingly some disappointment. But I agree with you. It's not going to stop Dion. He'll get back on it. There's a lot of recruiting to go May is the evaluation month. Coaches are on the road. Then summer is when the camps start happening. Commitments start happening. So still a lot of recruiting to go for Colorado fans. So Sam, thanks for helping me break down this, this kind of odd Colorado spring game. Today, we're talking the latest on number one overall QB, Dylan Rayola. Last show, I put us all on Dylan Rayola commit watch. We connected some dots. It all made sense. I got an update on that later. But first, we got some other QB dominoes news to cover. There were two major developments impacting quarterbacks across the country, and they all happened yesterday. First, Oregon bringing in number 12 overall QB Michael Van Buren. Van Buren made that announcement on Twitter that he will be at Oregon's spring game next Saturday. That's big news. It also, on Sunday... Now, I don't know if this news correlates. I'm going to ask Sam Spiegelman about that. But the number 31 ranked quarterback overall, Luke Moga, decided that he is not going to announce his decision later this week. Now, Oregon was one of the teams that was in it heavy for Luke Moga. Now Moga says, hold on, I'm not ready to decide on the 28th of April. I'm going to make my decision later. Moga has been shooting up recruiting charts recently. He got offers from Miami, TCU, Arizona State, Oregon. 
he's currently holding over 20 offers, but not ready to decide. Let's on bring on national recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman. Sam, do you think that the announcement from Michael Van Buren about attending the Oregon spring game coincides or correlates with Luke Moga's decision to maybe push off his decision till later? Yeah, I think absolutely. We're, we're getting a, a closer look at what the Oregon quarterback board looks like for this particular cycle. You have to remember that Dan Lanning hired Will Stein to take over and for Kenny Dillingham, who's now the head coach at Arizona State. So there's some some new eyes running the offense over there in Eugene. And um, let's talk about Michael Van Buren. He is a top target in state for Mike Loxley and, and the Maryland Terrapins. And and it felt like Penn State and James Franklin were in a head-to-head battle to keep one of the best in the DMV area close to home. But Michael Van Buren deciding to head to the Oregon spring game this weekend. Um, obviously, we're starting to see that Dan Lanning and Will Stein are, are recruiting this, this one of the best uncommitted quarterbacks in the country as hard as they can going into this weekend. We know that he's not going to make a decision until this summer, we expect. And Luke Moga pushing his timeline back. He has been an, an early find for, for Dan Lanning and the Ducks. Um, a couple of schools have gotten involved, but him pushing it back, I think it's, it's naturally tied in with Michael Van Buren coming into town. I'm told that Oregon likes both of these quarterbacks, so both are still you know, two quarterbacks to watch if you're a Ducks fan, but um, it seems like Van Buren has shot to the top of their board. Yeah, and Penn State and Oregon right now, if you go check out the recruiting prediction machine on Van Buren, they are battling it out. I put in a pick for Van Buren to Oregon. You put in a pick on Sunday for Van Buren to Oregon. Now, we both know it's not a done deal yet. We need to see him follow through on that visit that we expect him to take on Saturday. But it kind of seems like it's trending heavily in Oregon's direction. Now, Van Buren does land at Oregon. It shakes things up for Penn State and Maryland. It also th- shaked things up for Luke Moga as well, who I agree with you. I do think this was tied together. I do think that Oregon is kind of prioritizing Van Buren. They want to get him on campus on Saturday. They don't want Luke Moga to take that spot just yet. We'll see how it all shakes out. But what do you think it's going to happen now with Maryland and Penn State? Yeah, well, there's there's only so many of these blue-chip, uncommitted quarterbacks left in this 2024 cycle. So barring some craziness, which is certainly possible, as you know, Josh, um, let me give you a few names. Samaj James is one of the top 20 quarterbacks in the country, a Philly kid. Um, you know, it makes a lot of sense for James Franklin. who might want to look in state in his own backyard, already has a relationship with James. Another one is, is Jaden Bradford, obviously, the, the, the four-star from IMG Academy down there in Bradenton, Florida. Um, he's is from, from South Carolina originally, could be a name to watch. And like you said, Luke Moga, other schools have gotten into the mix, schools like Miami, which has a quarterback committed, but TCU, which is was in the mix with Michael Hawkins. He still need to find their guy for for their for their new offensive coordinator. So there's still a lot of twists and turns to be to be seen in this cycle. There are, and it affects the teams, it affects the players, the QB dominoes affect everybody across the board. So when we're talking about QB dominoes, obviously the number one QB is Dylan Rayola. We're going to talk about him here in a minute. You also have uncommitted at number seven, Elijah Brown, and then also uncommitted at 17, Isaac Wilson. So let's talk about Elijah Brown for a minute. He's out of California. Yeah, he's, uh, he's the, the big blue chipper from modern day, so naturally we can tie him in with a couple of these Pac-12 teams. USC is definitely a team to watch along with UCLA. 
than Stanford. And he's, he's also been to Arizona State, which are the four probably to, to keep your eye on with Brown. Yeah, I think Arizona State would love to land Brown, but I put, currently put in a pick for him to land at Stanford. Talking to sources, I think this is going to be more of an academic decision for the number seven overall quarterback. Hey, you got Stanford offering you a scholarship to go play quarterback there. That's hard to turn down. So I put in a pick for Stanford. They're currently trending at almost 95%. Now let's take a look at Isaac Wilson. He's sitting there at 17 Utah, BYU, Arizona State also in play there. What do you think of Isaac Wilson? Yeah, this is this is going to be a really fun and interesting battle to watch because you have the the offensive driven Kenny Dillingham at Arizona State and he's trying to pluck the BYU legacy. I mean, we we know who Isaac Wilson is. We know who his older brother is, Zach Wilson. He first round pick from BYU. So obviously it's a family connection, but he's already been to Arizona State. I expect him to take an official visit out there as well. I think this is a little bit more uh, open than we expect. All right. Now it's time to talk about Dylan Rayola. But before I talk about the number one quarterback in America, I need you guys to hit the like button and subscribe to the On3 YouTube page. We have all the latest recruiting developments, and we are all over Dylan Rayola. Commit watch. All right. Now, about that commit watch, I'm going to address that in a minute. Dylan Rayola, as we know, five-star quarterback, number one overall, and he has been trending to the Georgia Bulldogs. If you take a look at the recruiting prediction machine over the course of the last, really, month, picks have been going in. Jeremy Johnson, the most recent for on three, but also some experts over at 24-7 last week were dropping their crystal balls for Rayola to Georgia and if you remember last Thursday's show, I said we were on Dylan Rayola commit watch. Well, Sam talked to some sources over the weekend, and at least for now, we are off Rayola commit watch. And when I say we're off, I mean like maybe for the next five days, okay? Next week, we could be back on for all I know. But at least this week, I'm not expecting Dylan Rayola to commit to Georgia. Now, that could be good news if you're Nebraska, who is on the verge of heartbreak, or if you're USC and you're still looking for your quarterback. Sam, where do you stand right now with your pick for Dylan Rail? Have you put one in yet? No, I haven't. Um, but listen, all the, all the buzz since his last visit to Athens has been in favor of the two-time national champs. Um, Kirby Smart has zeroed in on him. That, from what I understand, he has been their top quarterback on the board for the last two recruiting cycles. Then again, we know the importance of, of what Dylan Rayola means to Nebraska and Matt Rule that going into his first year in Lincoln. Um, he has a legacy there. He is hoping to be a big win for that program, and they have not offered another quarterback just yet. And then, of course, USC and Lincoln Riley, the quarterback guru. And for a Phoenix quarterback, Phoenix area kid, uh, USC has the home field advantage in this one. And um, I'm, I'm not ready to call it in on, on Lincoln Riley just yet. But it still, still seems to favor the Bulldogs as an announcement potentially looms. Yeah, it felt last week like a commitment might be imminent and it was going to be over. Georgia was going to wrap it all up before even summer starts, but not so fast. Matt Rule, Lincoln Riley, probably going to get another crack at him. We'll see what happens. We'll see if this can trend in a different direction. But for now, I agree with where the RPM stands. I do think Georgia is the favorite. So, Sam, thanks for checking in on the Inside Scoop, talking a little QB dominoes, and boy, are they still falling.
LSU was in the national spotlight over the weekend as they hosted several elite prospects as the Tiger spring game was also taking place. One of them on campus was five-star Colin Simmons. We're going to get to him in a minute. Now, the Tigers already have landed a major commitment over the weekend from Louisiana four-star safety Deshaun McBride. He committed to the Tigers on Saturday. McBride's a four-star, a top 20 safety prospect in the country. He was being recruited by Tennessee and Florida as well. But as the recruiting prediction machine was saying, LSU is the pick and he's staying in state. So let's bring on LSU insider Shay Dixon of the Bengal Tiger. I want to talk about Colin Simmons. He's the number one edge in the country. He skipped Colorado's spring game to be in Baton Rouge. What's the latest on his recruitment to the Tigers? Yeah, that was some of the biggest news of the weekend in terms of visitors, Josh, because as you noted, he was not originally scheduled to be at LSU spring game, supposed to be out at Colorado. Instead, LSU got him to shift those plans. He and his mother drove over from Duncanville, spent the weekend in Baton Rouge, and he got the red carpet treatment. You saw the photos. He was hanging out with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Angel Reese and uh, a lot of the who's who of uh, current former LSU athletes. But Let's also point this out, Josh, in a recruitment where everybody is involved, LSU is now hosted more than any other school. I think Texas is right there with them, but he's made double digit visits to probably six or seven different campuses across the past six months. He's up to five or six visits to LSU right. in that same stretch over the past year. When you start to talk out of state teams for Colin Simmons, I'm hard pressed to believe that LSU is not the team at the top of that list. Mm -hmm. Now, Colin Simmons was on the inside scoop a couple weeks ago, and he told us here that he is in no rush to decide. He might even take this thing to December for the early signing period. LSU leads right now on the recruiting prediction machine, but with him not making a decision anytime soon, who do you think LSU fans need to look at as the top competition for Simmons? When you have a Texas kid, you're looking at Texas, A&M, TCU is the nearby school coming from the Duncanville area. So those are some that I've circled. Now he's taken West Coast trips. He's down, been down in the Sunshine State. So there are a lot of teams in the mix here. Josh, I think you hit the nail on the head, though. I think he's taking this one all the way until the end. For me, going back to LSU this many times with this new staff and his mother alongside him tells me that LSU's in a really good spot. And the more people I talk to, around LSU feel like they're in a good spot. So yes, it is a far way away probably from when he announces and certainly Josh when he signs, but you want to be able to build momentum in an offseason. And that's what LSU's doing right now. Yeah, they are. And another guy they have momentum with is top 100 prospect Draylon Miller. He named a top nine over the weekend, but I feel pretty good where LSU sits with Miller. Who do you think? Now, I know he named a nine, of course, there's nine schools, but who are the real teams that we should be paying attention to here? I get the feeling that we could trim this down to two. I think it's LSU or Texas A&M. Yeah. And early on, he's a kid coming out of Silsby that a lot of people thought would end up at A&M. For me, over the past few months, I went into, let's say, the postseason after the senior or junior years of high school wrapped up saying, I feel good that A&M's got a lead. I'm not so sure that's the case anymore. I'm with the I'm with the on three RPM now. I think that LSU has the lead in this one now. Mm. Still got to take him out of Texas. A&M is not going to give up here. It's going to be a long battle. But he did announce at the end of June he will make his college reveal. 
He'll take some official visits. I would expect both of those schools to get visits. So the battle is far from done. Got a couple of months left on this one, but I do like where LSU stands right now. He's another that LSU leads for on the on three RPM and getting him back to campus again this past weekend with his family, I thought was really, really key for them. Yeah, we'll see if the recruiting prediction machine holds true. One prospect that it did hold true on was Deshaun McBride, who committed on Saturday, giving LSU 13 commitments. Now they're currently ranking 12th in the on three industry rankings. Not exactly where LSU fans want to be, but I'm sure they've been through this with you many times, Shay. Where you're at in mid-April doesn't really matter. But I want to know from you, who will be the next recruit to potentially commit to LSU? I think the good news continues this week on Wednesday in the Felicianas at East Feliciana. Tradez Green, the number three tight end in the country on the on three industry rankings, is set to reveal his commitment. He's going to do it at 2 o'clock from the school gym. That's a stone's throw from LSU. It's right up the road. He's a guy that they have prioritized in-state in a big way. He also has a basketball off LSU staff, as well as a number of other colleges. But Bama's in the mix here. Georgia's in the mix. Um, Miami's still in the mix. He named a, kind of a top five. Mm -hmm. So there, there will be hats on the table. That being said, uh, Sam Spiegelman, Billy Embody, myself, we all have our on three RPM picks in for LSU. Now you start to knock down the big dominoes. I think mm -hmm. Trey Des Green is that first really big domino that will drop for him, in addition to McBride, who is a top five player on on three in Louisiana right now. So you're starting to see LSU not just chip away, but reel in guys who are in state. You look at the top five, six players in Louisiana right now, all of them are still uncommitted. And then McBride popped. Now Green's about to pop. So LSU could go on a run here where they start to reel in those guys at the very top uh, of the pecking order in Louisiana, which, Josh, remember a year ago, they finished fifth. Great spot. Anybody would take a top five finish. That was during a transition year where half of the top ten in Louisiana left the state. Arch Manning, Eli Holstein, um, and the list could sort of go on and on. Derek Williams went to Texas. Jaden Osbury went to Notre Dame. Tackett Curtis went to USC. That's a far cry from what it normally looks like in Louisiana. Now that Brian Kelly and his staff have had a full year in to recruit all these guys, that top 10 in Louisiana is going to look a whole lot different. I won't be surprised if LSU gets nine, eight of the top 10 and maybe all 10 because we had the recent news of Jawan Johnson decommitting from Colorado following his official visit, or excuse me, following his visit to Colorado for their spring game. And that's a guy who I will have more news on coming this week, in fact, today, to the Bengal Tiger. But little preview here, I feel good about LSU's chances of keeping him at home now. Wow. So you're taking five for five to a whole new level. You think LSU could go 10 for 10 in the state of Louisiana. I'm holding you to that, Shay. A five for five is such a like early 2000s thing. I moved on. I'm 10 for 10 now. All right, and I think LSU fans have as well. So right now, like I said, they're sitting at 12. I don't think LSU fans are concerned whatsoever, and you just laid out a great case for them not to be concerned. But how good can it get for LSU fans in the 2024 cycle? What do you think the ceiling for this class could be? I always stand by the same rule of thumb, and that's why Brian Kelly came here. It was Louisiana produces per capita the most high-level FBS players, the most NFL players. You can look at the on three draft tool. They lead the way in a big way over the past five NFL drafts in terms of guys being drafted 
kind of per capita and then that talent ratio. So the goal is to lock down Louisiana. If Louisiana has a bunch of good players and you get them, you're locked into a top 10 class. What makes it a top five class is when you go out like last cycle and get Deshaun Womack, a five-star edge rusher. You go out and get guys like DJ Chester, a big offensive lineman who picked LSU over other schools and left Georgia to do so. You go into Miami and get Jalen Brown, a top 100 player who could have easily stayed at home and played for the Hurricanes or any of the big three in the state of Florida. So it's the combination of locking down Louisiana and then popping those guys like Colin Simmons, Traylon Miller, a number of these out-of-state guys in surrounding states where you convince them to come to LSU. I think LSU's on that path. I'll predict right now four to six. I think I think they have another top five class on the way. Okay, there you have it. Uh, coming off of a big weekend in Baton Rouge, Shay Dixon, thank you for joining the Inside Scoop and dropping all that LSU intel on us. We appreciate it. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me. And remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.